The Public News Service Daily Newscast, June the 17th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. Community members in Montana are picking up the pieces left behind by historic flooding in the region. We get the details now from Eric Tegadoff. Rising waters hit rivers including the Yellowstone, Stillwater, and Gallatin. It also damaged roads in the northern section of Yellowstone National Park, forcing the park to close. Carrie Kale is a city commissioner for Livingston, which sits on the Yellowstone River. She says she spent Monday filling sandbags to prepare for the flood. This was a traumatic experience for all of us. This was completely unprecedented, and I think we all need to allow ourselves that moment to recognize that and to reach out to our friends and our neighbors. Kale says people outside the community who would like to help can donate to the Park County Community Foundation. The Red Cross of Montana also is providing support, including with shelter. The organization has shelters in Bozeman, Bridger, and Red Lodge. Voting rights groups in Michigan are working to increase awareness about and access to voting in jails. In Michigan, anyone not serving a prison sentence is eligible to vote, although there are barriers that often make it nearly impossible for those in jail pre- or mid-trial. They may not be fully aware of their voting rights and lack Internet access and the materials needed to learn about candidates and issues, or to register and cast a ballot. Local groups are working to increase voter outreach in jails and advocating for policies to make it easier. Percy Glover is a Genesee County ambassador and a member of the Voting Access for All Coalition. Being in jail and being in prison is very destructive on people. They doubt the system. They don't trust the system. But some of them may have been also wrongfully arrested, wrongfully detained. So why would I be interested in voting? Glover says it's important to educate eligible voters in jail and to build out jail-based voting systems across all county jails in Michigan. He also hopes Michigan will follow Maine, Vermont, and Washington, D.C. in allowing people in prison to vote as well. I'm Lee Bulky reporting. Other states where Spread the Vote is working to facilitate jail-based voting includes neighboring Wisconsin and Indiana. Reuters reports former President Donald Trump pressured his vice president, Mike Pence, to overturn his 2020 election defeat, despite being told repeatedly it was illegal to do so. That is according to aides to Pence who testified before the January 6th committee on Thursday. Members of the Democratic-led House of Representatives Select Committee said that Trump continued his pressure campaign, even though he knew a violent mob of his supporters was threatening the Capitol. Reuters notes Mark Short, who is Pence's chief of staff, said in videotape testimony that Pence told Trump many times that he did not have the authority to stop the vote certification in Congress, as the Republican president sought to do. This is PNS. The 95-year-old Texan, known as the grandmother of Juneteenth, will celebrate this weekend, as she has for the past nine decades, but with the added knowledge that she was instrumental in securing the date as a federal holiday. Six years ago, Opal Lee decided to walk from her home in Fort Worth to Washington, D.C., to raise awareness about the significance of Juneteenth. Lee traveled about two and a half miles each day to symbolize the two and a half years black Texans waited for their freedom after Abraham Lincoln abolished slavery in 1862. Lee says she's heard the many stories about why it took so long for news of the Emancipation Proclamation to reach Texas, but she prefers to think about what it meant to her ancestors. When the people came in from their labor and somebody read that general order to them, we started celebrating and we've been celebrating ever since. I'm Roz Brown. 
Faith leaders and environmental groups want West Virginia to implement policies aimed at cutting carbon emissions and slowing the pace of climate change. According to federal data, temperatures in the mountain state have risen one degree Fahrenheit since the beginning of the 20th century. While it may not seem like much, warming temperatures are a troubling trend. Appalachian Regional Coordinator for Citizens Climate Lobby, John Clark, says a carbon tax would send a price signal to the market that utilities should be investing in technologies to capture the carbon they emit. It costs polluters nothing to keep dumping their pollution into the atmosphere for free. So where's the incentive to invest in carbon capture and sequestration? Putting a carbon tax in place would actually be a long-term incentive to reduce it. Some state officials disagree. This week, West Virginia's Attorney General, along with other AGs and a handful of states, sent a letter to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, arguing that a proposed rule to require companies to disclose all their direct greenhouse gas emissions and other climate-related data is an attempt to intimidate boardrooms and put profit secondary to political interests. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. Finally, Mike Mullen tells us this week the U.S. House approved what's been called the most significant investment in wildlife conservation in a generation. The Recovering America's Wildlife Act sets aside nearly $1.4 billion annually for preservation efforts within each state. Tribal governments also would receive funding. Colin O'Mara, president of the National Wildlife Federation, says one-third of all species are at heightened risk of extinction, and saving them helps humans, too. The food that we eat is healthier when we have healthy populations of pollinators. Places with healthy wetland systems are more flood resilient. At its core, the bill is geared to prevent vulnerable species from landing on the endangered species list. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for wrapping up your week with Public News Service member and listeners supported. Heard on interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.